You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters, because everything, all of life, is a matter of theology. Uh, my name is Chris. I am your host. And, uh, uh, you know, normally at this point in the in the podcast, we talk about, uh, you know, announcements and things that are coming up for us and things that are happening and, um, uh, you know, who we're a part of and stuff like that. You guys already know all that information. So um, I just want to get right to it. Um, I have the the privilege of being joined today uh, by Mrs. Erin Coates. Uh, she is the wife of Pastor James Coates, uh, who's the lead pastor and first among co-equals uh, at Grace Life Church in Edmonton, Canada. And I'm also jo- joined by uh, their attorney, Mr. James Kitchens. Um, so, uh, we are today, uh, just going to have a conversation about what is happening there on the ground, um, uh, in Edmonton, what's going on with James's case. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just having a conversation. So thank you both, uh, for taking time out. I know it is a crazy time for both of you guys. Uh, it means the world to me. Um, to, to have a conversation, Aaron, you and I have gotten to know each other very well, uh, well, ish through social media, um, uh, over the last little bit, um, even before all this craziness started. So welcome. And, um, so glad you guys are here. Thank you. So, um, Hey brother, my pleasure, man. Thank you. Just right out of the gate, sir. Thank you very much for all you are doing the battle that you are fighting. Uh, therefore, uh, James and Aaron and their family and their church family. Um, and, and ultimately, this comes down to um, a, a battle against Christianity. Uh, really, ultimately, it does. So, um, Aaron, I want to start with you. And, um, you know, you've done a few of these interviews uh, th- this week. So, um, uh, you know, and, and we will, uh, I'm going to link uh, some of those interviews in the show notes for this uh, podcast episode as well. Um, but uh, why don't you talk about the last just few months? Uh, I know you guys opened back up in uh, June, right, of last year um, uh, fully. And, and, and just what, what kind of happened from that point um, up until, obviously, recent events that, uh, that we've been talking about a good bit? Right. And probably James would have a better idea of the timelines. But I think we opened up around the end of June, July. There was a first initial health emergency and uh, when um, the health emergency was coming to an end, our guys really had to wrestle with, like, what, what are we going to do? There was new information coming about in about how COVID really was working, who it was affecting. And uh, our guys were just looking at our church and the effects of the lockdown on our church. Um, and again, when you, you have like a, a really knit together church, a church that values the one another's. When you break us apart, that is, it, it's serious. There, uh, there was like a mourning in our church of being Absolutely. separated from, from one another. Um, and even James, as a shepherd of the sheep, when he's, his moment is Sundays, right? He, he preaches the word. He's mediating the presence of God to the people as an accurate um, exposition of the word is happening. And the, and the book is open and, and the spirit is working and we're all 
hearing the voice of God through his word, um, he's not able to see his people. And it's a two-way conversation. And so as he's up there, Mm. he's shepherding his flock. And so much happens after the preaching moment um, where he is just dialoguing with the people. Um, He is figuring out what's in their heart. How are they responding to God's word? Um, so we are, we're there really late on Sundays as we're just doing the one another's where the sermon, it has taken place. It has hit our hearts. Mm. How are we going to respond to the word of God? So that when we, we walk into the week, we are putting off all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and in humility, receiving the word implanted and then able to, to walk in godliness. And so just so much of the one another's are happening. And James is, is, uh, the lead pastor at Grace Life Church, he's the preacher, but he's yep. also first and fo- foremost a member of Grace Life Church. Mm. And so he needs what the flock can give him in regards to the one another. So Sunday is a day where he is massively built up in the faith and yeah. able to um, live a godly life. So he needs he needs the sheep as much as they need him. So as he's wrestling with the fact that um, he's preaching to a camera and he can't see the people, he feels like a, a under shepherd without a sheep. Right, um, right. So our guys are wrestling with all of this. And, um, and they're like, what's our responsibility before God to care for the people who are so clearly hurting right now? Mm. And then we're just hearing awful stories about what's happening with the lockdown measures. Yeah. And our yeah. had said um, that he wasn't going to enforce the the restrictions that um, I think we went to 30 percent capacity at that time. Um, I, the lock, the first lockdown, I think we were, we were only allowed to have 10 people in the building, which is pretty serious. Yeah. So our guys just decided before God, their conviction to shepherd the sheep of grace life. Um, that we were just going to continue on with ministry because that's what was most honoring to Christ. Amen. And um, at the end of November, uh, active cases started to rise. And so um, they had another extreme lockdown put in place, I think at the beginning of December. James could help me if my timelines are wrong. <laughs> um, and that was 15% capacity. You have to wear masks. You have to social distance. You can't sing. Even your worship team is allowed to be up front singing, but they have to wear masks. So, um, which is just astonishing to me. Um, even communion, you know, as you have a lot of your people online, communion is, you, you have to fundamentally alter what communion is. Right. So, um, at very least. And so did I say 15% capacity? Yeah. Which I think is about one fifth of our church, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, yep. And then, so that's when the heat just really started for James and they started pushing in and, and the um, RCMP, which is our police officers started yep. coming into our services with our Alberta health services, who has been given full authority to make laws and, and clearly, enforce those laws. And so each, each kind of week was just building on each other. And, uh, and here we are today. I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much. And then James doesn't have any legal stuff to say. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. Um, You know, I I do want to hit on a couple of things that you said, uh, because I think it's, it's very, very important. Um, 
to, to think through and to talk through, you know, I, I've had um, in the responses that, you know, in the things that I've posted on social media, uh, n- numerous people say to me, uh, you know, things like, uh, uh, you know, well, well, all he had to do, uh, all they had to do was, was, well, you know, hello. I mean, the Lord gave us zoom for a reason. And all they had to do was, was to, was to operate at this capacity and to, um, you know, you can, you can have church this way and you can have church that way. And, 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 and these are, these are professing, professing is the key phrase there, Christians. That um, and to James's point, that he so masterfully, uh, and I use that word um, purposely, um, masterfully exposited, uh, and 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 a proper understanding and exposition of Romans thirteen on February fourteenth, um, to 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 show that um, that that we as a church. Um, in in 2021, have a very very, and I'm going to use James's words here. We have a deficient ecclesiology, we have a deficient view of history, and ultimately we have a deficient view of the scriptures. Um, and and to your point, um, you can't gather, um, you cannot gather and shepherd as the chief shepherd, as First Peter five, or as an under shepherd, excuse me, under the chief shepherd, First Peter five, uh, looking through a computer screen. When you look at the gathering that takes place, when 1 Corinthians 12, when it talks about gathering, it's the word gather in the Greek is a physical gathering. And I love what you just said there um, because it's a two-way street. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, you, we, we, right, we preach as, as, as dying men to dying men. Um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing that a little bit. But there's an admonishment that happens. I think of Paul in Colossians, Colossians three. We uh, we teach and admonish one another by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so, so you can't gather as a church biblically through Zoom. You can't gather as a church biblically, not physically gathering together. Um, so. You know, I, I I wanted to highlight that and wanted to say that just because um, uh, of, of 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 what you just said there. So, um, so James, you know, from uh, fr- from your standpoint, sir, what uh, Aaron said that out the AHS Alberta Health Services they're 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 creating laws and that they've been given full authority to to execute fines and. Yeah, laws and quotations. I wholeheartedly agree. So, could you speak to that and just kind of, kind of where things um, have been up to this point, and where you guys are, just from from a legal standpoint? Sure. So, starting in March, twenty twenty, um, the chief medical officer of health of Alberta started making wide sweeping orders, and those orders were. Uh, like of general application, which basically just means that they apply to everybody everywhere, right? Okay. So, you know, one of the criteria of a law is that it's uh, of general application. So it applies to everybody everywhere, right? Um, and I mean, obviously some people fall under that, some people don't depending on their conduct or their situation or what have you, but, but theoretically it applies to everybody. Right. Um, so, you know, constitutionally, and this applies to any democracy, uh, different words might be used, but it would apply equally in the states or anywhere else that you know is or purports to be a democracy. You can't have a law of general application <clears throat> unless it is um, created and passed by elected representatives. Mm-hmm. So whether that's the uh, I don't know what it's called in the U.S. the state legislature or sure. yep. uh, Congress, sure. 
in Canada, it's Parliament and the provincial legislatures, right? Those are our elected representatives. They vote on uh, a law, and then if they, you know enough of them vote, it's passed, right? And then it and then it becomes law, and, and it's it's democratically legitimate, democratically valid, right? <clears throat> so you know, in, in a democracy, you don't get a law without that. So you know, something might be called an order, but if it's if it's of general applicability, then in essence, it is a law. So uh, right there, you have a problem, of course, because the chief medical officer of health is not elected. She's not a legislature, right? right. So she might report to, 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 to make a law, but that doesn't mean it's actually should have the force of law or is democratically valid. Anyway, so she started making these orders and they were treated as law. They, 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 they functioned as law and that sort of became the law of the land uh, as far as you know, public health was concerned and, and civil liberties infringements were concerned. And so that, you know, that ramped up in March. And as Aaron mentioned, it eased off a bit in June and July, mm -hmm. but there were still several several restrictions in place. And then they ramped up again, starting in September and October, and they reached sort of that totalitarian state in early December, where it became 15% uh, for churches and you know restaurants and saloons and or salons, sorry, and uh, various <laughs> restaurants. They, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> those were all those <laughs> no, were all shut fine. down. <laughs> that's awesome. I have, I have a saloon as a client, so <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that's when, um, so it was, you know, some some of the initial uh, more severe restrictions came in in November, and that's when that's when Grace Life Church start, first drew the ire of uh, Alberta Health Services, even though they were they were technically operating in a way that was non-compliant. Uh, starting in July and August, because of course in July and August they opened up as normal, like as of you know as they would have done things in February 2020, for example. So even at that right. point they were in non-compliance, but it was more minor. In November and December, as new restrictions came in place, the non-compliance became, I guess, a little more severe, right? And right. so there became right. a, so there was a lot more complaints too, right? There's you know a lot more, a lot more people are going to snitch from the public when they when they see that the rules have gotten worse and 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 you know Grace Life has to comply. So so AHS started started sort of invading the church, um, you know, uninvited um, in November and December. And then, you know, gradually the, the RCMP became involved because Grace Life, you know, politely but firmly said, well, look, you know, you're not welcome here. Your presence is disturbing our service. We don't want you in here. I'm sure you're a nice person, but, you know, you're, you're you know, you're, you're coming in here and inspecting us and, you know, trying to take pictures and videos and, and recording us and, and, you know, um, your, your purpose for being here is not to worship the Lord. It's, 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 it's to, in, you know, it's to interfere with, with our, with our, uh, worship service. So you're not, you're not right. welcome. So, right. you know, ultimately the RCMP came and said, well, they, you know, they need to be let in. So they, you know, they came in and, and, and everything was amicable. Um, you know, the RCMP were for the most part, quite, quite respectful of the church. Um, so that went on for a number of weeks. There were various attempts at enforcement by HS, you know, orders were issued, uh, the 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 court or the the church was brought to court. Um, more orders were issued, etc. Right, but I mean, Grace Life, not because they take this lightly, but because of you know what they believe, and then you know I'll refer to what Aaron has said. Uh, they thought, you know, like we got the government's in a, put us in a position where we have to choose between our Lord Jesus Christ and the government. Well, the choice is is pretty obvious. You know, we understand the consequences are severe, but um, you know, it's, it's, look, it's, Hey, you know, it's when faced with that conflict. We, 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 we fear God, not man. So here we go. Right. Amen. And that's just what they kept doing. Um, and then of course, eventually we came, we came to February where, you know, the RCMP um, asked uh, 
James coached to stop, to stop conducting services of 15%, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, no, you know, I can't do that. So they gave him an undertaking um, that he didn't agree to. Um, and like normally when you, cause they, cause they, on the seventh, the RCMP arrested him and how it's supposed to work is when, is when you arrest somebody, um, you know, you, you either take them in or you release them on a, on a condition or on an, on an undertaking. And if they don't agree to that, which normally people do, obviously, um, you're supposed to take uh, the, the, the detained person into a justice of the peace to decide what to do with them. Right. And that didn't happen on the seventh. So what happened then on the 14th, the next Sunday, again, Grace Life had church as normal. Um, then the RCMP charged him with breaching an undertaking, which is a bit, it's a bit odd because there was no undertaking. He didn't agree to it, but in any, any right. event, that's what they charged him with. And at that point he was, he was, uh, he was asked to turn himself in because otherwise he would have been arrested. So he agreed to do that. And then he was brought before justice of the peace at which time the, the crown, sorry, in Canada, um, we, we refer to the prosecution as the crown, um, just that's just how it's done. They're, they're, they're crown prosecutors. I think it might be similar to your district attorneys or something like that yes, in the U.S. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so 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 the prosecution asked um, that he be detained. Mm -hmm. um, Justice of the peace disagreed and said no, he needs to be released. Uh, but his condition for release is going to be that he stop uh, holding church church services uh, above fifteen percent. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's the distancing and the masking too, right? The, the, the condition was quite specific that, you know, if he, he cannot go to the church or conduct a service at the church, if he doesn't do so in strict compliance with the applicable public health orders, right? 15% masking and distancing, right. you know, and of course it violates his conscience to, to, to do that. And it was all, it would also violate his conscience to agree to a condition and then breach it. Right. So he's, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Both options violate his conscience. The only thing that doesn't violate his conscience is to not agree to the condition. Right. Well, of course, if you don't have the condition of your release, you're not released. Right. So hence why he's in jail now. And, you know, hence why he's put in jail and is still in jail now. So that's that's just a legal run through of the gotcha. uh, of the situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. And brother, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, and thank you for spelling it out. Um, you know, cause I, 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 you know, one of the things in opposition that, that you keep hearing is, is, uh, well, he, he wasn't arrested for, for preaching. And it's like, no, that's exactly why he was arrested. That's it. He was arrested for gathering for, for opening the doors to the Lord's house. Um, and saying, come, if you would it, come, if it, if it doesn't violate your conscience, if you're not sick, if you're not a sore throat and, and exhibit, you know, have all these symptoms, fine, come and gather. Our doors are open, come, enter at your own risk, you know, all, all that, all that fun stuff. And, 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 and gathering with the saints and preaching the word of God boldly prophetically. Um, and when, and it, my, our listeners know that when I say prophetically, I don't mean predicting the future. I mean, rightly dividing the word of God, uh, for the express purpose of the edification of the saints for the building up of the body of Christ, which is in Ephesians. So, um, that's exactly why he was, he was in prison and that's exactly why he still sits in prison. And, um, let me just say, and I've said this publicly, but let me, uh, Aaron, say this to you directly uh, now face to face um, ish, because, uh, you know, we just talked about that. Um, but um, your, your, your husband is a man of courage, true courage. Uh, and, and, it, and, you know, your courage that you've shown is a testimony to what God has done in and through your life individually. But then you guys as a family unit with him being your leader.
Um, and so for him to stand with that kind of courage is absolutely amazing. And um, so, so uh, uh, James, I want to come back to you for just a second, because something that, you know, um, Aaron, when, when you and I were, were talking through, uh, uh, through uh, messaging, um, you know, when you said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken, they, they, you know, they, they held this hearing without us, uh, they held it in secret. Um, and, um, and, and, and James, you just kind of explained that. So when he was arrested on the seventh, um, the undertaking didn't happen. And the reason that he was, he was going, that, that, that there was a warrant out for his arrest on the 14th was in violation of the undertaking that didn't happen. Is, am, am I understanding that correct? Yes. Well, okay. So first of all, on the seventh, the RCP referred to it as an arrest, and I suppose okay. technically that's correct. But of course, most people think of arrest; they think of handcuffs and right. the police grabbing a guy. And so, I mean, it was, just, it was a meeting in his office, right? right. That's all it was. Okay. Was no okay. laying on of hands. There was no handcuffs. It was, just, it was literally a meeting in the office. The officer said, "You know, this this is this is where we're at. Can you sign this?" And he said, "No," and and, and then they left, right? Which which is which is improper according to Canadian law. If if the RCMP do that. Um, you know, wow. you're supposed to be brought before justice of the peace if you refuse to to sign a condition. Right now, I don't know why the RCMP didn't do that. I mean, I can speculate that they're probably not used to that. Um, you know, they've, they've never in their life, you know, arrested a, a, a peaceful Christian minister. I mean, the whole thing for them is, is unusual and, and bizarre and and uncomfortable. So I, you know, I can understand sure. why they might not have done things as they should have. Um, and I mean, ultimately, too, there's there's things going on in the background as far as as far as what the RCMP are being told to do, right? I mean, I mean, uh, the Alberta Health Services, I, I I would guess is 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 asking them or telling them what they'd like them to do, right? Um, you know, I mean, you know, an AHS shows up at the, at the at the door of a church and the church won't let them in. They they then look, well, you know, can you help me out here, right? And the, and the RCMP steps in and says, all right, let her in or else, you know. So, right. you know, there's that relationship too. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's the officers on the ground who, who in this case, have acted very honorably. And then, and then, of course, there's there's the higher ops, you know, the RCMP and their public communications have been somewhat misleading. Um, mm. But the officers on the ground have not acted in that way. Right. So there's there's that there's that disparity, too. Um, so as far as as far as what happened on Tuesday, oh, I guess that would have been the 16th. Yep. Um, yep. The RCMP just said to him, as far as I know from him you know, look, like you, you, you need to, you need to come in. You're being charged with something. We're going to arrest you, but you, you know, you can turn yourself in and, and we're fine with that. We trust you if, if you say you're going to do that. Sure. So, so he didn't, he didn't know what he was charged with until he turned himself in. Right. And wow. until we got to a bail hearing, I didn't know what the charges were against him. Wow. At that point, he'd been charged with two public health offenses and, and also the breach of an undertaking. And I had no idea prior to the prior to the bail hearing that, that he was charged with breach of an undertaking. I was a little surprised at that. Um, the whole thing is a bit of a is a bit of a mess um, because I think the government doesn't exactly know what they're doing, and and, and it's a difficult and uncomfortable situation for them too, right? Um, not not to justify their behavior, obviously, but um, so. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, we didn't really have very good notice of what, of what, of what exactly was going on. I mean, when I got into the bail hearing, the, I was surprised to hear that the prosecution wanted, wanted to have him detained. Um, mm. You know, the prosecution is generally very reasonable, actually, um, some of the most reasonable lawyers around, um, you know, and I thought that that was quite unreasonable. I thought at the bail hearing, it was going to be, okay, you know, 
let's let's talk about what we're going to do going forward. I didn't know it was going to be, you know, the Crown's going to ask him, sorry, the prosecution is going to ask him to be in jail and I'm going to have to say he shouldn't be. So even that in and of itself was 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 unexpected. Um, and then, of course, you know, uh, the justice of the peace, you, you know, it's it's lawful for the justice of the peace to release him without any conditions. Yeah. In fact, the law says that unless the situation calls for it, you are to release everybody without conditions. Wow. These right? people on, you know, we call it bail, right? But but you're to release people, no money, no conditions, no nothing. You're, you, you are to release people unless the circumstances warrant imposing some sort of onerous condition or, you know, demanding the person pay money up front or demanding that the person pay money if, if, they, if they don't follow their condition, right? Um, so, you know, I... I uh, I was a little bit surprised and disappointed to see that the justice of the peace said, well, no, I can't release him without, without putting this onerous condition on him that he, that he, um, that he comply, uh, in violation of his conscience and in violation of his, of his, uh, of his religious beliefs. Right. So, um, yeah, all, all that, all that sort of just, you know, happened quickly and, and, uh, yeah, and somewhat unexpectedly. And, um, you know, I mean, the whole system doesn't really know what to do with this man. Right. I mean, he's a peaceful, Christian yeah. minister yes. doing his job as a minister. And then of course, because he's a principled man, um, he won't just accept these conditions. He won't, he won't just agree to these conditions. And so it's, it, you know, the whole system is trying to figure out what, what to do with this guy. Right. Right. And I, and I'm, and I'm trying to explain to the court, the violation of conscience. Well, that's a somewhat archaic um, thing that, that our modern wow. system and our modern society doesn't know what to do with, right? Like we, we look, we look historically in the law, conscience is a big deal, right? Yep. If, even if you look at our constitution, um, the, the, the section that protects religious liberty actually, actually protects freedom of conscience. It's called freedom of religion and conscience. So that's built in there, right? Uh, and that was passed in 1982. And that at least made some sense back then. There was enough people around that understood the idea of conscience, Right. Uh, I, how I would explain it to a modern audience is that, you know, for a vegan, it violates their conscience to eat meat, right? right, right. Most people can kind of understand that, right? But if you get beyond that, a lot of these conscientious um, things are beyond people's grasp, right? Because conscience is just not, you know, it's not as widespread. So, and that's how, and that's how we get all these objections about like, well, of course, no one's restricting their religious freedom. They're able to meet at 15%. They're still able to hold church. Pastor Coates is still able to preach. What's the problem here, people? Right. A lot of that goes back to this total incomprehension of religion and conscience, because that is so rare in our society, in our post-Christian society, right? Oof, so, um, wow. So, and, and that's, I, mean, I hear, I hear it even from the bench, even from the judges. Well, no one's saying they can't worship. Well, it's like, well, hold on a second. Yes, there's they, the government is saying they can't worship because the government right. is saying you that's can't right. worship in the way that you believe you should. You can only worship in the way that we prescribe, right? And but 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 wrapping your head intellectually around that, I think, is difficult for people because they just the whole idea of religious belief and 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 principles and conscience just don't make sense anymore to a lot of people, judges and non-judges, right? But that's what's going on here is, is, is the government is prescribing the terms of worship, saying you can worship, but only in this way. And other people are saying, but we can't worship in that way, because that would be a violation of our conscience. It would be disobeying our Lord and Savior. We can't. Not even like a, it's not even like a matter of a refusal. We can't. We are compelled to follow Jesus, right? Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were compelled to go to the furnace. Instead of instead of bowing down, right? Because they were compelled by what they believed. Come on, it's brother. It's the same thing. Daniel was compelled to pray for those thirty days, 
on his knees, as he always had been doing, not just that's in his right. head, right? But as he had, he was compelled to do that because of what he believed, right? Um, and that's that's what it is for Grace Life and, and and for Pastor Coates, and the government and the courts just can't wrap their minds around that. And I mean, I I, I have some sympathy for them because you know ninety percent of Christians don't operate that way. So most of the Christians, the government and the courts, uh, um, you know, interact with are Christians who don't have that kind of conviction and principle. So when they meet one that actually does. It just doesn't compute, right? It's like, well, wait a minute. Why aren't you like all the other Christians that just do as, as do as we tell them to do? You don't you don't make any sense, right? Um, so I have some sympathy, you know, for the courts and the government when they struggle to understand because it's not like Christians are 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 consistent on this, right? They're you know for the they're all over the map, and for the most part, most are not like Grace Life and James Coates, and and you know they just they, they fear man more than they fear God, right? Ultimately, so here we are, brother. Um preach man oh my <laughs> gosh there is so much there um you know i i, I mean it just okay a couple of things that, that stand out to me um you were talking about you know and, and i think immediate and i know i keep referring back to this sermon um uh, uh we did a, a podcast with um uh, justin peters and or not justin peters but andrew rapaport uh drew and myself um aaron uh, then i want to say it was the night that that tuesday night last tuesday night uh that we did that so um, but, and, and Daryl Harrison came on, Carl Hargrove came on, uh, our brother Kofi came on. Um, and, and, and to your point, James, you know, no one's saying they can't worship. They just have to worship this way. Well, well, a couple of things stand out to me immediately. Number one, if you're telling someone what they can do, there is a flip side to that coin. And the flip side of that coin is here's what they can't do. And, and any government that steps into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and tries to assert that authority is reaching beyond their means that have been given according to God. Number one, when you tell the, the fact that 15% that, uh, of 300 people can gather, then, then you're telling 85% you're telling of that flock you cannot gather with your, with, with your church family. You are telling them that they can't worship. Um, something else that stood out to me, uh, absolutely, the conscience thing. It is archaic. It is archaic uh, because of the depravity of man, number one. Number two, um, it, I think back to Titus chapter one, to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Both their mind and their conscience are defiled. And that's what we're seeing. And we're seeing that from people who profess faith in Christ. We're seeing that from men who profess to say that God has called me to be an, a, a, an under shepherd under the chief shepherd. If you, are, if you are a pastor and you are not gathering with your flock, you are being disobedient to your call, sir. Either stand up and preach the gospel or go home. That cannot happen. That cannot happen anymore. The government is meant to be a, a not, not fear for those who do good, right? Romans 13, 3. They are to be a minister, a diakonos, a deacon of God to you for good. Holding someone a, a peaceful, and J James, I love the way you said that, a peaceful man, a man of principles, who has said, I can't in my, in my right mind, in my conscience, I would, I cannot sign this order. And then I cannot sign this order because I don't agree with it. It goes against scripture. Number one, number two, I cannot sign this order and then willingly disobey it. That doesn't happen 
in today's Christian, evangelical Christian community. And that's sad. That is heartbreaking. Again, I go back to what I said, quote James, we have a deficient ecclesiology, a deficient, honestly, a deficient theology proper, a deficient view of anthropology, a deficient view of ecclesiology that ultimately all points back to we don't fear God. We fear man. We are living as man-pleasers man instead of a slave of Christ. Wow. I, I remember there was a faith leaders call and uh, the very first question, my faith leader, not sure what that is, um, yes, was yes, pretty yeah. much uh, how much money are we going to get from you guys if we follow the rules? Uh, James, do you know how much it is? I thought it was 20,000, but wh when I tried to find it online, I couldn't find it. But he was asking, how do we get this COVID relief money? And I was done with the call. <laughs> Honey, you can just download me on what they're going to say because yep. I can't listen to this. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, how many churches, you know, Aaron, to that point, and this is something Drew and I have talked about, um, how many churches, uh, and, 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 you know, last year, a year ago at this time, we were being told that, that COVID is going to kill millions of people, right? Co COVID, th this is the deadliest thing since the Black Plague. Um, and, and rightfully so, because there was so much unknown. Uh, uh, you guys, Grace Community Church, most churches, churches in my area said, okay, we're going to close down. We are not going to call this gathering over Zoom and over live stream. This is a tool that God has given us to spread the gospel, but this is, we're not physically gathering. Drew and I did a whole podcast episode on virtual communion, how it's not a thing. Um, so it doesn't exist at all. Sorry. Um, for those who tried to make that happen, it, it, it didn't. So anyway. Who that, are you that, proclaiming to? Who are you proclaiming Christ's death amen. until he comes to? <laughs> amen. Your, Absolutely. Your <laughs> yes. Yes. The cat, the dog, the fur babies. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, Aaron, and, and, you know, something you said to Justin Peters that I, I want to talk to and then I talk about, um, if you don't mind, mention that again. The studies that you were doing uh, through Thessalonians and, and what you ended up finding as far as the effects of the lockdowns, um, you know, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Because I found that I've done some of that research, too, but hearing you talk about it there being in Edmonton was fascinating to me. Yeah, we, we were studying First Thessalonians and we got to chapter four on sexual purity. And I started to do research on um, just the the effects of pornography and and the statistics that I was reading in regards to women and children had skyrocketed during covid. And that was absolutely heartbreaking. I think what you're doing when you set children up online and they're not at school is you're you're opening them up to not only predators, um, but this whole world that is very engaging to them. And so you have children that are, um, are becoming addicted to pornography and women are, are addicted to pornography. And so women are starting to lead the way with being addicted to those things. And that happened during, it, it's an escapism, right? They, right. they have nothing yeah. to do on the lockdown. Uh, they have no other way to express their depravity. And so they just get caught in this sin. And I mean, we have the biggest pornography hub in Canada. It's in Montreal. Mm -hmm. um, and so just it's easily accessible. And uh, it was devastating to see that and the effects of, of the lockdown. Because when you shut down the churches, there's no hope. 
for people. You can't, okay, well, I'm going to watch a sermon online, but I need a brother or sister to exhort me and, and actually be that image of what a Titus two person looks like Mm -hmm. so that I can follow them as they follow Christ, because you can't live the Christian life on your own. It's like a, it's like a, a spark being thrown from the fire. That ember is eventually going to burn out and uh, the fire blazes when everything's together. So um, yeah, you know what? Someone wrote a letter to James and I wrote it and I read it and uh, he had said, he had said that um, keeping the church open saved his life because the sin that he was entrenched in was so devastating. And so having the church open every Sunday, he saw a group of people that were collectively pursuing purity, pursuing holiness, and that spurred him on to love Christ more. And so he's just like, I actually have to deal with my sin. But when you're isolated and you're sitting at home, you don't have that picture of what the Christian life should look like. And so he just said, you know, it it saved his life. And, uh, but again, I'm getting tons of letters that are that are just devastating. Um, people are are lonely. They're hurting. They want their pastors to open. Um, they're they're caught in sin, depression, and so lots of stories like that are are rolling in for sure. But yeah, the sexual purity one really that got me because the numbers were I, I have them somewhere, but um, yeah, 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 like no. in the in the billions of wow. of views, it's insane. So, yeah. And that that makes me think, uh, you know, the the whole purpose of uh, of gathering, right? Uh, Hebrews ten, uh, starting at verse twenty three, uh, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near incredibly important stimulate one another that's that's just a love and good need deeds that's living for striving for holiness we see, see the example of other believers and just seeing their example to what you just shared sharpens us admonishes us to continue to strive after holiness and personal sanctification but then a lot of people miss out on verse 26 for if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins that's an important thing to remember. So by gathering together, it is an accountability tool. Um, you know, Aaron, I, th- I think back to the stories you've shared with me of the RCMP officers that have come, right? And 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 the, the story of testimony after testimony after testimony of, of the Lord moving uh, and, and doing a work there at Grace Life as you guys continue to honor God. You continue to take care of the depth of your ministry, as Dr. MacArthur says, and he takes care of the breadth. This just, <laughs> that brings me to another point here in a second, but, um, you know, it, it kind of shoots the whole modern church growth, uh, you know, idea, out, you know, blows that out of the water, um, which which is good. But, but I, you know, I think back to, uh, and I'm going to name a couple names here, but I think back to Andy Stanley here in Atlanta. I think to J.D. Greer, um, who th- th- they're shutting down their churches um, you know, for, for based on fear, fear of man and fear of circumstance. Well, where is your trust in the sovereignty of God? You know, that, that this is the time that people need hope. They need the light of the gospel, the glory of Jesus Christ. And, and where does that start in the church from the pulpit? And, and so what you're seeing is all of these churches like 
North Point, like J.D. Greer's church, you're seeing the effects of pragmatism. You're seeing another downgrade of what Spurgeon experienced um, uh, when he talked about the downgrade. So, wow. Um, So, uh, Aaron, um, let me ask you a question. Uh, How are you? (laughs) Um, I'm okay. I, uh, besides sleeping, um, you know, I, I, I'm okay. I mean, I miss my husband terribly. Um, he's my best friend. He, um, he's the kind of guy that, you know, I asked him to work from home because generally a pastor has gone in the evenings and he's counseling and he's discipling and he's doing all of these various things. And so he's, he opted to stay home so that really he could, um, fulfill his qualifications of an elder and loving his wife and raising his children. Mm. Um, so I miss our, our lunchtime conversations about what the Lord's teaching him in his study. Um, and, and he's very, um, loud, like he, he's, uh, <laughs> like, you know, he has a preaching voice, but he, he just makes all, he has all these antics and he's always singing or just making noises. So you always know when he's around. And so yeah. the house is just eerily quiet when he's not here. Mm. Um, but like, I think I just see the bigger picture. Like we're, we're in a battle right now for the Lordship of Jesus Christ over his church. And, um, I just have to keep going and, and trust that the Lord's going to take care of him. It's, it's incredibly hard. I mean, there's been nights where, um, I've just woken up crying. Like I'm just like, what, um, that's been hard. Um, my children are thankfully okay. Their dad has trained them so well under his preaching ministry that he has equipped them with a high view of God to be able to walk through this season. Um, but, but, you know, I'm okay. I have my moments, um, sure. moments where you're like, I feel like I want this to end, but I have a feeling this is only the beginning. <laughs> right. So it's like, you just, you have to keep your eyes on Christ. And, and I think the love of grace life compels me because the only other option is to let her go and let, the government dictate our, our terms of worship. And that to me is utterly heartbreaking to be separated Absolutely. from them, especially on a Sunday when the majority of our work in each other's lives happen on a Sunday. So, um, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, Aaron, I, I've, I, I said this to you before we started, um, uh, I'll, and I'll, and I'll say it again. I'm, I'm astonished at the, at the Lord's, um, uh, equipping for of you and preparing of you for such a time of this uh, as this, and he's done that, of course, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Uh, but he's done that through uh, the faithfulness of your husband and uh, and your faithfulness as well to submit to his leadership. So I thank you for that example uh, that you both are. Um, and uh, and something else I want to highlight and. Uh, uh, ask you to speak to if you don't mind is uh, you know one of the things that obviously when when I posted your message on Instagram when uh, when all that happened last week um, you know one of the first questions and one of the many questions I keep getting uh, and I know you addressed this at the at the the, the protest um, uh, over the weekend um, is how can we support them you know what what can we do to um, you know to, to to help them and uh, you said something to me that when I read it uh, I, I shouted amen I mean loud loud um, 
so if you don't mind repeating that, and then you also repeated it on Saturday, um, but then also can you speak to how you've been cared for um, by the men, uh, the elders, your elders at Grace Life, and then and then your church family as well? Yeah, um, I just said, if you want to help us open your churches, um, sing your heart out to the Lord, uh, practice the one another's and show the world that Jesus Christ is king. Um, because if we're not gathering, we're not that expression to the world that there is hope and yeah. there's hope in Christ alone. He is the only means of salvation. He only means to the father to be reconciled to him through his death and resurrection. So, yes. um, yeah, open, open the churches and, and consider your sheep. And this is again, like we talked about this a little bit. So you got a low view of the gathering, a low view of the, the theology of preaching, it's just a low view of God, but there's also a very low view of spiritual warfare at play here Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, that pastors are leaving their sheep in a position to be isolated, which is a huge tactic of the enemy to um, break people down and to fall into sin. Um, and so, and what happens with that is that you just over time become lukewarm and, or you become apathetic to the truth. And I, and I've told this story so many times of a, a young girl that hadn't been in the gathering for about 11 months. And her friend is seeing her life and saying, you know, come on, come to church, come to grace life. And she came to grace life and she's wept because she didn't realize how cold her heart had grown. And that here she was just opened up to, um, the, the gospel and, and the warmth of her heart started to ignite again. And so, um, yeah, you just don't, you don't realize it because it's such a slow fade of your, of your spiritual vitality. And so if you have people that are growing apathetic and indifferent to the truth and don't even realize it, they're not glorifying God to the fullest. That's right. So that's, that's the biggest thing. And, and so just wanting pastors to, to take their people into consideration, you know, I, when you hear from people that their pastor hasn't even contacted them, hasn't called them to see if they're okay yeah. during this. And, I, and I've gotten that message that breaks your heart. Yep. Like, oh, so did I answer your question there? Oh, okay. What was your second one? Yeah, no, 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 you did. <laughs> hey, rambled. no, you're good. No, 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 you did not ramble. You are, you, you did, you did phenomenal. Um, uh, so, and then how, you know, uh, you know, and everybody keeps asking, how can they, you know, support you? How can they support the kids? Um, and so, so just kind of, you know, and your response to me was we're, we're good. Our men are taking excellent care of us. And so just wanted to, you know, speak to, uh, just, just kind of speak to that. Yeah. You know what you want, you want, everyone's asking, how can we give you, how, how can we, uh, financially support you? And we've got this phenomenal lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> he, he works for the JCCF. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I keep saying to people, you know, he's working pro bono. Um, please donate to the JCCF. They're fighting for the freedom of Canadians. And so to give to them, um, for them to be able to do the work is a, is a very huge thing. Um, for us, just pray. Pray that God's will would be got done. Pray that the churches uh, in Alberta would open and Canada would open, that pastors would really consider their, their flock before the Lord. Um, we are so well taken care of my, my elders and the elders in training. They are so faithful to call me. Um, they actually likened me a little bit to a widow and just caring for me that way, because, um, I just said to my chief of elders, I said, 
I'm so afraid to make the wrong decision. Like I just, I don't want to disappoint them in any way because James is such a strong leader. And then for me to be making all of these decisions that I've never had to face before is terrifying for me. So, um, they just have really been so faithful, um, to take care of me and make sure, um, to just say, Hey, we're, we're with you. We're, we're going to care for you. If you need anything, make sure you're reaching out, but they're reaching out. Um, and then our church family is just incredible. Um, they're taking such good care of us. I, I is, is above and beyond, you know, yeah. and it's so odd because you spend your life in ministry and you serve people your your whole life, but now that it's flipped, it's like, oh, this is a little overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just that's their love and their care for us, and so I think that's helped lessen the blow a little bit. I mean, especially for my children. Yeah. Um, my oldest struggles the most because I think he just has a fuller picture of what's happening, and uh, but he's he's trusting the Lord, of course. But yeah, we are well taken care of by, by our church, by our leaders. Um, so if you want to donate, donate to the, the JCCF. Yeah. A- amen. And, 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 you know, the reason I wanted you to speak to that and, and, and cause it just goes right along with what we were saying with, um, you know, uh, and, and, and I have something I want to read, um, in, in just a moment, but, but it goes, it, it, it speaks to the fact that these are called men, uh, who are confirmed men confirmed by the Lord and of course by others around him. I know Steve Lawson has the five C's uh, when, you know, to how to tell when you're called to be a, a pastor and a minister and an elder. Um, so, um, and, and I know that uh, Pastor Jake, correct, is also a uh, master's uh, seminary graduate. And uh, speaking of that, I wanted to read something that um, uh, Dr. Nathan Busnitz um, uh, wrote today. Uh, it came out, it came to my email today anyway. Um, I don't know when he wrote it, but uh, uh, Nathan is the executive vice president and dean of faculty at TMS. Um, and he's also one of the pastors of Cornerstone, which is a fellowship group at Grace Community Church. And in this uh this blog article entitled We Stand with Pastor James Coates. Um uh, yeah, he um <laughs> Uh, he, he said this. This is a bit lengthy, so so hang with me. Uh, and then, Aaron, I'll send this to you um, uh, when we get yeah, to Yeah, please do. I was in his fellowship, and his mom discipled me. Oh, she's my aw- table aw- leader in the in last year's seminary, so she's that's very awesome. dear to my heart. <laughs> I will definitely send this to you then. So, uh, so uh, Dr. Busnitz wrote this, quote, The pages of history are filled with examples of faithful believers who resolutely obeyed God, even if it meant facing severe repercussions from men. When Daniel refused to stop praying, he was thrown to, the, to a den of lions. When the apostles refused to stop proclaiming the name of Jesus, they were arrested and scourged. When the church father, Polycarp, refused to renounce Christ, he was burned at the stake. When the Puritan John Munyon refused to stop preaching, he was put in jail for 12 years. Many other examples could be given, but the point is clear. To obey God rather than men is not always easy, but it has been the heartbeat of believers in every age. James Coates is a living illustration of that kind, that same kind of resolve. When the government officials interfered with his congregation's ability to meet and worship, James and his fellow elders determined they must choose God over government. The courageous stand came at a cost. James was arrested and put on trial. When he appeared before the judge, he was told he would be released if he could, if he stopped holding church services. Like Luther at the Diet of Worms, 
he respectfully answered that he could not do so. His conscience was bound to God and scripture. As a result, James has been imprisoned and treated like a common criminal. It is clear that the government of Edmonton wants to make an example out of James. We also want to point out his example because his conduct has truly been exemplary. The faculty, staff, and students of the Master Seminary stand in solidarity with James and his church. He has made us proud. Our desire is to produce men who not only know the content of Scripture, but who live out biblical convictions. James is that kind of man, a master's man. We affirm his courage, but even more so, we applaud the unwavering convictions on, on which that courage is established. We are trusting the Lord in all of this and will continue to pray for our dear brother, his wife, his sons, his fellow elders, and his congregation. Our prayer is not only that James will soon be released and restored to his family, but that as a result of this message, as a result of this, the message of the gospel will shine forth to the honor of Christ. Soli Deo Gloria. Close quote. Wow. Exclamation point. Close quote. Wow. Yeah, so, that's incredible. <laughs> I uh, wholeheartedly amen and write on that. And um, um, uh, James, uh, sir, what, uh, what are, what, what are the next steps, um, uh, as far as what, what's coming up and um, what can we be praying for specifically when it comes to the, the, all the legal stuff that's going on? Well, uh, pray for endurance, uh, for me and, and, and for the whole team. Um, you know, we're stretched, we're stretched, uh, pretty thin. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, you know, we're in the greatest civil liberties crisis of, of the modern era, at least in the Western world, in the Western democracies. Um, you know, so I'm kind of like a, a surgeon running around in a, you know, in a, in a battlefield a hospital tent. And, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's only so much I can do. And, um, and which is sad and, and difficult. And, um, you know, each, each case takes an enormous amount of resources and, you know, and, and, you know, we're having to deal with stuff that we didn't typically deal with. Um, you know, at the Justice Center, we have a, we have a particular mission and mandate and it, it, you know, used to focus primarily on, on free speech and freedom of religion. And that's a lot of what's going on in this case, but now we're throwing in the criminal law element that, you know, that we don't typically have to deal with. Um, you know, as, and as we challenge the rest of the lockdown measures, we're dealing with all kinds of rights violations we haven't normally uh, dealt with, but, you know, um, necessity has driven us to, to, to deal with them. Uh, so it's, it's a tough slog. It's, it's, um, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's wearing because, you know, you're seeing, you know, it's, as a civil liberties lawyer, you have, you have a perspective that most hardly anybody else does. Um, you see the darkness for what it really is from a liberties perspective. Um, you know, and, and for me personally, I, I have a degree in history and philosophy prior to be going to law school, and becoming a lawyer. So, you know, I have, I have that angle too. Right. And, and I see history repeating itself and that's, right. that's, uh, that, that weighs on me. Um, you know, so that prayer that we <laughs> were able to work hard, be smart, uh, make the right decisions, you know, um, but also I think just for, um, just for, the, you know, the, the clients we serve, 
right? And, you know, because it's not just pasture coats that we're, that we're trying to help through this, right? Sure. For all these people, as they weigh, you know, what does it look like to engage in civil disobedience? You know, that doesn't make any sense. I've only ever read that term in a history book. Right. Um, what does it mean to exercise my, my constitutional rights when the government says that to do so is, is outlawed now? Um, you know, what do I do? How do I do this? Right. How do I navigate this? Um, you know, how do I, how do I honorably interact with, with the police? How do I honorably interact with a government that I think is oppressing me and is acting unjustly and is being dishonest, but yet I'm supposed to respect and, and obey. And at least most of the time, you know, how do I, how do I wrestle with this? I mean, this applies to non-Christians, but especially applies to Christians who, you know, are commanded to, to generally in scripture, obey government. And, and, you know, obviously you need a lot of wisdom and discernment to figure out when you shouldn't, because that's the exception, not the rule. Um, that's difficult. Um, you know, we're, we're, I mean, you only, you only slip into, into these dystopian totalitarian uh, situations because uh, the, the, the people that are going to be a part of this are, are, are consenting to it or acquiescing to it, at least by, by, by the fact that the, even if they disagree with it, they're not really doing anything about it, right? How do you, how, you know, it's, it's extraordinarily difficult for people. People, people self-censor, right? They're scared of what other people think. They don't want to lose their job. Right. Um, they don't want to get a ticket. They, they don't want to be investigated. They don't want to be in the media. They're, they're, so they're scared and they're pressured and they just, they just crumble under that, right? And I mean, that's how you, that's how you get uh, a dystopian totalitarian nightmare, right? Yep. That's how it happened in history, right? It, it happened in the 20th century in, in you know, civilized, uh, purportedly free uh, nations who had a constitution, um, you know? So, and, and, and it's difficult these days to try and have that conversation because most people just pass it off as conspiracy theories or fear-mongering or over-exaggeration. Right, right, right. Hard to get people to be like, well, wait a minute, you know, like we do have the 20th century to look at, you know, and that happened and it could happen again. And in fact, what's happening right now looks an awful lot like what was happening then, yep. you know, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, no, this, this is not a communist takeover. You're just a big conspiracy theory. This is all going to go away in its own. It's like, well, let's like actually think about that. You know, Christian or non-Christian, let's think about that. Like, what's going on yeah. here, right? Yeah, yeah. That's tough for people. Um, you know, I mean, uh, Christianity, you know, at its core, if it's being true to itself and, and who it says it believe, believes in and, and, and what it says it believes is, is about liberty personal liberty and, and and liberty on this on this planet you know god-given rights to be to be free free to work and free to believe and free to have a family and and etc etc et right and and so christianity stands for liberty if it's if it's if it's standing true to its purpose and so it has a role to play in all this right the church has a role to play in all this right and um you know the church is always is always rejected violent revolution like like the marxists propose um you know but in it but it's always stood for liberty or you know at least the core of it has so it has to wrestle how do we respond to this right violent revolution is wrong is peaceful civil disobedience right is it the morally right thing to do right that's a you know that's a very grave question because the consequences are grave but it has to ask that question um so you know and i guess you know specifically i guess you know prayer prayer for um 
for you know the truth of the matter to not uh, be suppressed, for, but for it to come out. Um, you know, one mm -hmm. of the most amazing things about the legal system when it's when it's working as it should is is it is an excellent vehicle for getting at the truth of the matter, right? And obviously, our society is utterly incapable of getting at the truth of COVID. So if the yeah. courts can't, then we're in trouble because that's kind of the last venue at which we can actually do that in, a, in an intelligent, reasonable, dispassionate manner. Right. And so far, the courts in Canada haven't really adequately wrestled with the truth of whether COVID is as, is as deadly or serious as many have said it is, as many governments have said it is. They haven't, we haven't really wrestled properly with the truth of whether or not lockdowns actually work or not whether or not they're actually needed, whether or not they actually impose more harm than COVID would naturally. Mm -hmm. um, we have to try and get at the truth of these and society hasn't been able to do that. And the court, it, it falls to the courts to do that. Right. And so, you know, as my hope as somebody, as a lawyer, as somebody who, who, who has some remaining faith in this legal system that I work in, um, it's my hope that, that we actually are able to get down to that, you know, um, get past the rhetoric um, and mm. actually, actually deal with that, you know, and I hope the government comes to the table um, at, in the courts, which they really haven't yet. It's been a lot of, you know, delay tactics and, and, and that sort of stuff, but I, I hope the government comes to the table and we can actually have that debate in the courtroom of what is the truth of the matter here, right? Right, right. What well, we oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, speaking of that, I, I, you know, especially Christians, right? We are to be the, the church is what the pillar in the support of the truth, and 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 first and foremost, it is the the, the truth of the scriptures. It's the truth found in God's word. It is the unadulterated, uh, infallible, inerrant, and completely sufficient word of God. But then we are to be people of the truth and um, and about the truth, and we should be discerning, and um, we should be doing our own research. We shouldn't just take what we're told in the media, and you know, you turn on any news organization, and, and for the most part and what do you see in the side corner that little ticker you've got covid cases deaths and and all this stuff it's like do people forget that the the cdc recently you know said months ago that the true deaths from covid was actually only six percent of what they were reporting um because of all the pre-existing conditions and everything else and so um you know with what what you guys are experiencing on the ground there in canada it's it's, it's similar to the u.s you look at uh, the actual number of people that have covid you look at the actual number of of cases, the actual number of people in the hospitals, ICUs, so on and so forth. And, and then you have people like James being called a death threat and that he is, uh, he is, he is a, he's a threat to Albertans. Um, I've, I've heard that and he, he doesn't love his neighbor because he's not, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, we, we've let fear we've, we've, you know, for Aaron, to your point, <laughs> to your point, I think you said it earlier when you were talking about the government government support and loans uh, and stuff. Or James, was that you? I don't remember who said that. It was me. Yeah. It was okay. Me. <laughs> yeah. No, but I agree. I mean, there there are churches here that that would gladly, hey, absolutely, we'll do whatever Caesar tells us. Just make sure to give us our give us our pinch, you know, uh, give us our portion. And ultimately, you're a, you are a slave to to them and not to Christ. And, but you're to be marked out by people of the truth. You'll be able to, you're to be able to mar be marked out by, by people who care about what the actual numbers are. Um, and again, do you fear God or do you fear the one who can kill the body? Or do you fear the one who can kill both the body and the soul in hell? Those are Christ's words. So gather, gather, 
go to church. Aaron, you've said it multiple times. Seek to do the one another's. That's your mandate from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the star breather, universe shaper, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's your command. Do you trust him or do you trust what you see on CNN? Which one is it? Which one is it? So it's sad. It's really sad. I mean, I had a guy tell me um, going to church is selfish, not selfless. And I thought like here, I, I've, you know, I'm not a strong person. I've got like heart issues and lung issues, autoimmune right. issues. If I get COVID, it'll probably hit me really bad. Um, but it's like, I, I can't just stop using my spiritual gifts that God has given me to build up the body of Christ. And I'd rather... I'd rather die serving them than sitting at home and not serving them because that's not, that's not going to glorify God. Um, so to be told that you're being selfish when, um, when you're just loving the Lord is like, Oh, this, this poor world is so lost. They don't yep. even know the basic tenets of the Christian life and that we can't even get the gathering right. And that is just a really sad, sad thing. Absolutely. I, you know, I think that there's a pretty famous uh, uh, church organization, church planning organization. Um, uh, it's and, and they, they battled last year with Dr. MacArthur. And when Dr. MacArthur, when, when people just started showing up at Grace and they opened back up, um, you know, th th there were two individuals, uh, Jonathan Lehman and Mark Dever, who were very outspoken against Dr. MacArthur. Mark Dever's done ministry with John for years been at shepherd's conference for years and and here they are saying is this the hill you really want to die on and and i'm like well well mark brother with all due respect if if you give up this hill you give up all of it you, you give up the hill the field the house everything um it, it's 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 time to take a stand and 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 they were you know so outspoken against uh, against that and you know, we've said it multiple times and that's, I mean, it's just, it's not selfish, Aaron, to, to what you just shared. It's, it's selfless. You are thinking about yourself less because of what your desire is to glorify God, number one, and then the edification of the saints for the building up of the bride of Christ using the specific gifts that you've been given. And that's, that's the selfless part. That's not selfish at all. Uh, and that goes back to conscience, right? It's, professing to be wise, they became fools. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, you're like, so going to worship the triune God, which is the local expression of the blood bought body that he sacrificed him for, and that I'm yeah. giving to him what he is worthy of is yeah. selfish. This isn't actually about me. It's actually about him That's right. <laughs> and him gathering his people so that he can show the world that I redeemed these people with my blood and I've given them a new heart and I have joined them together, not only with himself, but with each other. Yeah. And so you just have these little like body parts hopping around everywhere and, and right. it's not working. <laughs> that nope. doesn't, it doesn't work. So yeah, I think it just, it belittles the unity we have with Christ. It belittles mm -hmm. the unity that we have with one another and being yeah. um, knit to one another through our union with him and, and, Amen. That's, I think that's just what you get when you take preaching out of the pulpits and you stop preaching Christ, you stop preaching a high view of God, and you just tell stories. And uh, this is the, the consequence of men abandoning their pulpits. 
Absolutely. And I'll, I'll take it a step further. And I'll say that, you know, uh, it, it, it's a men abandoning their pulpits, but then it also shows that, that, that there are some men out there who are, are, are better talkers than they are walkers. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, we, we are called to do both, uh, in word and in deed, um, uh, is, is, is how we're supposed to honor him. Um, so, um, well, what's, what's next for you guys? What's, um, what, what, what's coming up? What are next steps? Well, you know, I'm sure people want to know, um, if, you know, as far as the legal side, um, I am in court again tomorrow morning, at which point I will hopefully confirm uh, a trial date. Okay. Uh, the next available trial dates that the court has is unfortunately the first week of May. Um, now that's not, uh, that's not an uncommonly long time. I mean, it's, it's, right, right, it's three right. months, right? I yep. Mean, Yep. Yeah, it's three months, which which is, de- you know, that's 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 devastating for people who, you know, are, are, are grieving the loss of James, uh, especially Aaron. Uh, it's, right. it's devastating for James. Right. Um, but that's, you know, unfortunately, that's that's the nature of the court system. Um, and I like our health care. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what you know. Aaron, that was sure awesome. American say about that. Um, <laughs> Public health care. Yep. Uh, so wasn't it? The, uh, there's a quote you should pull up. I think uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said something about how how public health is dangerous because it can be used to to, to take away liberty. Uh, you, you pull the quote on that. Um, so the I missed it. Yeah, I was so, frozen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it 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 is what it is with that. But but the the crown is not consented to. Sorry. The prosecution has not consented to that date yet. Hopefully they will tomorrow morning. If they don't, of course, I'm going to be asking the court to set that date uh, despite any objections that the prosecution has. Obviously, you know, this has to be dealt with and we can't we can't put this off just because the prosecution wants to. Um, So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get the first of May as a trial date. Now, the other thing that's going on, and this is what I'm working on right now and I'm desperately trying to get done is. as we've talked about, there was this condition of release, which is ultimately the reason why uh, James Coach is in jail. And, right. and, you know, as much as I want people to understand that it's ultimately the government's fault that James Coach is in jail, but not because the court ordered him in jail. It's because the court said, I'm going to release you, but only under this condition. And he refused to the condition. So right. technically speaking, James Coates is, is in jail voluntarily, but I mean, he wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the, you know, overreaching public health. Right. Orders. Right. Um, so that, that release condition is appealable. I can go to the next level of court here in Alberta and I can appeal that, right? Uh, I can ask the court to, to, to remove that condition. And so, I can, I, so what can happen is the court can say, well, you know, the right decision here would be, would be for him to be released without any conditions. Correct. Now, if I'm successful in that, Pastor Coates will be released. Mm. Um, so that's, that, that's, that's, that's the next immediate step that I'm, I'm working on. Okay. Um, and I, you know, obviously I hope for success there, you know, not for two reasons. One for Pastor Coates individually, you know, in Grace Life and Aaron and all the rest of Correct. it, Correct. but also for the rule of law, right? We have a problem right now where um, the rule of law is, is, is shrinking, is crumbling. And I mean, you don't have a democracy, you don't have a free society, you don't have a civilized nation if you don't have the rule of law. Amen. Right. Um, you know, 
we we have this concept in the law called the the repute of the justice system, which basically means like you know what does society think of the justice system? Because the justice system has to function by consent, right? People right. are only going to do what judges say if they have a general respect for what the court and and judges say and do, right? That's how it works. Um, so the reputation of the just of the justice system, what 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 society generally thinks of it, is very important, right? Mm-hmm. You don't achieve the rule of law without that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I would argue the repute of the, the justice system is being brought into disrepute by this because mm-hmm. people are saying, what is so broken about our justice system that a peaceful Christian minister is in jail because he's doing his job as a Christian minister? He's holding church, right? I mean, you know, the severity of the public health crisis notwithstanding, right, mm-hmm. regardless of how bad it, it is. I mean, obviously, it's not it's not the plague, right? This isn't correct. This isn't like the 1300s where you know, plague hits and a month later, you know, you've lost 80% of the population. Right, right. So, so we know it's not that, but it, but it, it's something, right? And so some people are say it's this severe, it's that severe, regardless of, of that severity and, and the scientific question around that, you, you have this problem of, okay, well, we still live in a democracy or what mm-hmm. purports to be. We still live in what is purports to be a nation of, of free people governed yeah. by, uh, you know, a constitution and the rule of law, um, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a government and a police system that does so through consent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in a, in a totalitarian nation, of course, there is no consent from the people, the government and the police do what they want, right? right. I mean, policing and governing in, in our nations is done by consent, you know, hence elections, right? So, um, you know, we have this serious issue of, okay, how do we maintain the rule of law and the public confidence in the justice system when you have a, a, a pastor in jail for, for nothing more than holding church, right? You know, yeah. a church where no one's died of COVID, there's been no outbreaks, right? Um, no, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, how do, you, how do you reconcile those? And the court needs to deal with that. The court needs to address that. You know, that's actually part of what the court is supposed to look at when they when it, when it imposes conditions that's right. on people who have been accused, right? So I, I I really hope that the court deals with that adequately at the bail at at, at the, uh, the the review of the bail condition that I'm going to be doing. You know, even if the court disagrees with me, obviously I hope they don't. I don't think they should. But even if they do, I hope I hope they wrestle with the issue. Correct. Because yeah. Um, it, 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 this has to be this has to be dealt with. So that's the next step. I do hope he gets out for, pending his trial, um, you know, and then and then I look forward, of course, uh, to, to to the trial, because I think I think that'll be good for 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 everybody, except for, you know, maybe Aaron and James. It's not very pleasant. But I mean, I think right. I think for society, um, I think I think having a trial on this uh, is potentially potentially good. I, I agree. I, I agree. I think one of the things that you're seeing, um, and to our, our brother Daryl Harrison pointed this out when we recorded last week, is um, uh, you're seeing the name of Jesus and the gospel uh, being lifted through this situation. Um, for for every you know one person uh, saying that the, the the nonsense out there that, that we've talked about, you, you've got four times as many saying praise God and speaking up the name of Christ. Um, I, I, I saw that, the, and I don't know the validity of this, Aaron, maybe you do, but there was a, a Muslim man who, who came to, to Grace Life, and, and the report was he, he said, it was quoted somewhere, I can't remember where it was now, unfortunately, that's, that's a bad preparation on my part, but, but he said, I want to go to that church because I want to worship that man's God. Mm. 
And, and again, I'll have to find that. And, and, and um, I did see that it was in quotes. It was in an article, um, you know, but I think about everything that, that, that you've shared, Aaron, as far as what's happening there, the people that are gathering. I mean, you guys had to tell people this past Sunday, um, you know, you, sorry, we're out of room. We're, 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 uh, we are, we are, we have at fire code. We, we don't want anything else, you know, like, you know, gather in the parking lot. We'll, 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 we'll fellowship with you afterwards. There's a live well, They have the speaker. We, they had like speakers oh, right. and yeah, yeah. tables and we had brought them like coffee and tea. And so the people who had to be outside were, were, they heard the sermon, they were well taken care of. So awesome. And that's awesome. And that's, you know, I, I, you know, uh, James, to your point, sir, I think that, uh, uh, obviously, yes, we, we, we hope and we pray uh, that, that, that the judge would see that and go, okay, no, uh, unconditional release until trial. Um, and, um, uh, and, and that would obviously be the ideal outcome. But, but, but even if it's not, um, you know, I, I know that uh, James is a man of resolve. Um, Aaron, you know, I've talked about that. Obviously, uh, Dr. Busnitz was, was talking about that in, in the, the blog article from today. But I'm reminded of, of what Daryl shared last week, Matthew 5, verse 10, blessed uh, are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, you know, so I, I, I obviously am praying uh, that all of that takes place, that James is released as soon as possible. Uh, James, to your point, sir, this is good for society to see. It is good uh, that the hashtag free James Coates and pray for James Coates is trending uh, uh, all over the place. Um, because ultimately when people see James and see the name James Coates, they also have to hear the name of Jesus Christ. Um, that's the point of life. That's why at the moment of salvation, we aren't caught up in heaven right then and there. We are called to make much of him, to make disciples, to share the name of Christ, to share the gospel. Um, and I think to Romans, you know, the law weakened by the flesh, what it could not do, Christ has done. Um, and, and he uses us as, as the means to the end in, in, in the spreading of his gospel throughout all nations, for all nations, tribes, and tongues. And so obviously we are, we are praying for you guys. Um, uh, James, we are thankful for you, uh, brother, ever since I learned your name. Uh, and then I saw the first interview uh, that you did with Gabe Wrench. I have not stopped praying for you. Um, you know, Aaron, you and I have, um, like I said, interacted over social media for, for a little bit. And I, I have the, the moniker from you guys, BB one, Chris, or is it Chris yes. BB one? Which, which one is <laughs> BB1, it? BB one, Chris. All right, there we go. Um, <laughs> you know, so for those who don't know, if you don't know, you should know if you're listening to this podcast, the BB one, of course, is a Brooks brothers tie as Dr. Stephen Lawson would like to say, it is the tie that binds the brotherhood. Um, so, uh, uh, so I wore a BB one when I preached in a conference in October, uh, James and Aaron saw it and they gave me the moniker which is, uh, yeah. which is a compliment by the way. Um, so, um, you know, uh, Aaron, we love you very much. We love your family. Um, we, we love the people at Grace Life Edmonton. Um, if I had the means, uh, <laughs> I would be there this Sunday, um, uh, to, to worship with you. So, um, so, um, I'll tell you what, Aaron, I'll give you, uh, the, the last word and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I am so thankful for James Kitchen and all the work that he has done on our behalf. It is, um, please pray for him, pray for strength, pray James 1, 5 for him. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach. Um, this is a huge weight that they're carrying 
And uh, I really hope that people will just look at this for what it is. This is a battle for the doctrine of the church. And um, this doesn't, you know, as you look at Canada and the fact that they're talking about varying strains of COVID coming in and um, they're more aggressive strains. And you just think, when it, when is this going to end? Um, and, and I think that if pastors start rising up and loving um, their people and caring for them and opening the doors, we could, we could see some change yeah. Um, yeah. and just proclaiming Christ's Lordship over, over his church. So maybe we could make James's job a little bit easier then. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you both um, uh, for for, for coming on and for for taking time out. I know you guys are working hard and are tired and have had a lot of conversations like this. Um, so, but no, we're behind you. And, uh, if there's anything at all we can do, um, what I will do as well, uh, I will put in the, in the show notes where you can go to donate to the JCCF, um, and to, to, to the work of, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. James Kitchens. Um, and, um, if you aren't following Aaron Coates 80, is that right? Is it 80? Yep. Aaron Coates 80 on Instagram, do so. Uh, she, she, she posts there regularly as far as updates and, uh, and some encouraging things and some admonishing things that we all need to hear and read. Um, so, and uh, no, I I didn't know. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not a bad thing. It's a very, very good thing. It's a very, very good thing. So, um, and of course be praying for, for, uh, for Aaron and her kids, uh, and their family. So, uh, thank you guys. And, uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of matter of theology. We will catch you on the next one.